Welcome back to the 3ND Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Genius. We're here with Senate Drotty. He's a friend of mine from church, and he's going to talk to me, talk about the Central Division with me um, for the first of our division previews going up in the six weeks leading up to the NBA season. So, Senate, let's start with your favorite team and your favorite player of all time. Okay, uh, my favorite team is Milwaukee Bucks, and uh, my favorite player of all time has to be Giannis Anacantumpo, uh because of that. He's the reason I started liking the Bucks about three, three, four years ago. That's awesome. He's a he's a really talented player, and I think he's part of the reason this division is so exciting for the future. Um, in the past, in the past few years, none of these teams have been ultra competitive. I think the last time we saw a real championship threat come out of um, come out of the Central was maybe the Pacers. You think maybe yeah. the Pacers or the Bulls with Derrick Rose, Pacers with Paul George, but right. since then, a lot of these teams have been in a sort of soft rebuild phase, like minorly competitive. And right. I think part of that is the fact it comes from the stems from the fact that there are a lot of small market teams, with the exception of Chicago, the Chicago Bulls. Right. All the teams in this division, which uh, let me list those now: the Pistons, the Detroit Pistons, Milwaukee Bucks. Indiana Pacers, and uh, hold on, what's the other one? Pacers. Uh, you said Bucks, Pacers, Pistons, Bulls, Cavs. Oh, Cleveland Cavaliers. I so are we counting? Are we counting the Cavs as the teams that have uh, been successful and made it far lately? Because uh, they seem to do that. <laughs> oh yeah, a lot in the last few years. <laughs> yeah, I almost forgot about them. It's yeah, funny how you become an afterthought when LeBron leaves your team. Um, yeah, but really, those these teams, none of them have been super competitive, but. Uh, Senate, what do you think? Do you, how do you think the small marketness, so to speak, of these teams plays into their team building strategies? I think really one thing that the small having a small market it can kind of serve as a bit of as a disadvantage in a way is kind of when it comes to free agents. So you know, I mean, the Bucks, the the Bucks, Pacers, Pistons, Bulls, Cavs, most of those teams normally don't have the cachet to attract these big time free agents. So that require that means they either have to overpay. Or they have to build through the draft, which is what the Bucks and uh, you've seen the Pacers and few the Bulls do. But uh, it's just hard for them to get those guys. Like even you got guys like Lamarcus Aldridge, like kind of mid tier stars like that. That it's they just struggle to get attention. I remember a few years back when uh, the Bucks were uh, they hit free agency. Greg Monroe was a free agent, and uh, they tried to go after bigger names, and uh, he was the one they had to end up getting and they had to overpay him so i think that's just kind of the struggle with the small markets sometimes is that they lose out on those big time free agents um except for the Cavs, they had the the hometown here hero come back but uh the rest of them it's sometimes tough exactly and i think but what you also notice with all these franchises every one of them has every one of these cities has a huge love for their team maybe the bucks yeah. maybe the bucks uh were the, are the only team in this division that has struggled with that right in uh, any recent time period but all of them they have, have new, yeah even well they got a new arena coming out so hopefully exactly. that will spark some excitement yeah and you'll notice that even if you look back in nba history at least one or two of these teams has always been competitive but that has not been the case outside of lebron and it's really the Cavs were really lebron in most people's minds right right recently yep but um i mean mm-hmm no, I mean, it's fair to wonder, though, if LeBron was from somewhere else other than Akron, Ohio, 
are the Cavs, I mean, like, the, uh, what are we thinking of this Cavs franchise? Because if he doesn't come a few years back, he doesn't make the decision. If he was born in, say, L.A., um, I mean, he never comes to Cleveland, and they're stuck with, I mean, they got Kyrie and Love. Are they ever make it past the conference championship? I mean, I it's mean, just fair to wonder. Yeah, and you think about the fact if LeBron never comes, then Love never shows up, and the so Cavs are, the Cavs have Wiggins, who in most people's mind has been a bit of a, quite a disappointment. Um, yes. And overpaid now. Yep. Why, way overpaid. Um, but Senate, you made a great point with the fact that these teams who have, uh, let's say, basketball pred- pedigree from the past, one thing mm-hmm. they do trust is their in-house scouting and their management. So right. as a result, what you see in this division is a lot of young talent probably yep. more than any any other division in the league. Yeah. So let's start with this. Besides Giannis and Victor Oladipo, who both – Giannis is only 23. Oladipo is just now about to enter his prime. Which player who is, um, let's say, 27 or younger in this division do you think will be – is most likely to break out this year? Ah. <sighs> I mean, that's tough. I, I'm a big Window Carter fan in Chicago. Uh, I really love his game. I thought he had a great summer league. Uh, I just, I, the only question I have with him is him and Markinen. How do they fit? Because I think Markinen's best full time fit is at the five. And Mar- I mean, Carter needs to play the five, too. So how will that intersect this year? I don't know if he'll be able to break out. Um, or, if Chris Middleton, he is 27. Uh, I, I mean, I think he's really, I, he really impressed in the playoffs. I think he's really someone that if he gets better defensively, because everyone calls him a 3-and-D player, and I watched him all of last year. He didn't he didn't defend very well. So if hopefully if Bledsoe and DiVincenzo and some of those other guys can take the pressure off Giannis and hopefully Middleton, maybe he can focus some more on the defensive aspect so he can really become a, a complete player and a great second option to Giannis. He, uh, he'd probably be my pick, but uh, there's so many other options too. Right. Um, you check. I, I like Middleton's game, and he's – I think he's the closest thing you have to. Uh, he he's right on the edge of stardom. Yeah. Um. If I yep. had to, if I had to go with a guy, hmm. Miles Turner, I think, is set to have a pretty big year. The yeah. Pacers are reloaded, and I and I, on paper, and I think uh, in practice, even they'll be the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference behind the uh, the three Giants in the Atlantic. Um. Yeah. And Oladipo, um. He opens up so many opportunities for this team. Yeah, he's he's going to be in the running for MVP next year. And Miles Turner, down year last year, but he's been out there. He's been working with Team USA this summer, and I feel like he's right. He's raring to go, and he'll be a huge threat to um, be that second star the Pacers need to launch themselves into contention. Maybe, not likely, but it's possible they could push for a conference finals run. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. They're world coach. I mean, getting back to Turner, really, he's, they say he's a much better shape this summer. He wasn't in great shape last year. I mean, really, after his rookie year, we were all really excited about what he could become. I mean, he's still super young. He's 24. But last year was a bit of a disappointment. Sabonis came in. And honestly, in the playoffs versus the Cavs, Sabonis outplayed him. I mean, Sabonis was better than Turner. And, uh, I mean, he's got all the skills you're looking for. He can be a rim protector. He can, I mean, he can shoot threes. Uh, he does a lot of things well, but he, uh, he just has to take that next step. And uh, I think he uh, he's definitely a definite definite uh, breakout candidate. Right, right. Um, 
let's look and I think the only team really lacking in talent in a serious amount of talent this uh or young talent is Detroit. True they have probably the only established star besides um uh, Oladipo and Giannis in right. Andre Drummond, but plus Blake Griffin. Oh oh my goodness, I totally forgot to see. <laughs> It's, it, I forget him too sometimes. Eric. That's the yeah. thing. He you forget you'll forget he's even on the team because he's injured and so injured all the time. But yeah. Um. No, hold up. I don't mean to interrupt you, but no. One question I was going to ask the Blake Griffin trade last year. Who who would you rather have right now? If you could go back, would you rather have Tobias Harris, who's younger by I mean five six years younger, has a better I mean he doesn't get injured as much, um, or would you rather have Blake Griffin with this contract? I don't know. I think that's a tough question. I really I think, do. I think that the Pistons would have rather had Tobias Harris, but Jeff first, so. but Stan yeah. Van Gundy, he was in a position where it was um, win or win or get fired. Right. So at least yeah. uh, from his opera- basketball operations job. So that trade was rushed, and I think it was pretty foolish. Um, and now, now Dwayne Casey's a coach there, and so he didn't even get to see it through. So yeah, he's got he's got his work cut out for him for sh- for sure. Um, yeah. Let's talk a bit about the the Bucks in in particular. You're a pretty big Bucks fan, um, yep. so what do you think with Jabari Parker out? I think they've made a they made a pretty serious commitment this year to uh, to Giannis, and I mean they've been building around him already. But what do you think they need to do to really push push forward, take that next step? Because the they pushed the Celtics to seven games in the playoffs, but right. That Celtics team was missing to uh, an elite player in Kyrie Irving and a superstar in Gordon Hayward, mm-hmm. so that that might have been fool's gold. And they didn't, and they right. still didn't win. Right. Uh, I I really think I watched. I went back and watched all eighty two games of theirs last year, and I really think the big key with this team is uh, it, there's two keys really: consistency and defensive uh, just awareness. I mean, the last year the defense. I mean. I, I mean, there'd be games against the Nuggets. They give up 140 points. They give up 35 corner threes. I mean, Gary Harris was staying in the corner every single time. And, uh, I mean, just so a uh, lack of defense awareness by almost every player is incredible. Eric Bledsoe really struggled on that end. Chris Middleton struggled. Thawne Maker and Henson. I mean, all those guys struggled. It, it, it just it general. I mean, they have to be better on defense for them to have any chance, especially against, I mean, really a Celtics team that only is going to have internal improvement, plus Hayward and Kyrie back, and uh, just consistency. I mean, you have games where some guys would step up, but Maker just struggled all regular season. Uh, Middleton really got to go into the playoffs, but uh, I don't know. They just need – they on, on paper, this team has a, a lot of talent. It really does. But uh, Bledsoe is going to have to be better. Middleton's going to have to defend better. Um, and really, they need to count on steps from Maker, DiVincenzo, some of the young guys to make up for the absence of Parker. And uh, Lopez, who they brought in, Ilyasova. Hopefully, those guys can be a solid veteran presence. And uh, the coach Mike Budenholzer is—I mean, he everything about him sounds sounds better. But uh, we just got to see—we got to see some results first. Yeah, I was actually about to bring that up. Mike Budenholzer, who uh, famously brought the team basketball Hawks all the way to sixty-win season, that, that was incredible. Infam- infamously ended in a four-game sweep. Um, yeah. Budenholzer, he definitely knows how to create a team that will be consistent and they emphasize team basketball. Right. And he's never quite had a superstar. Like no. Joe I mean, Johnson, right, all, all-star. I mean, who would, 
Who would right? you say the best player on the Hawks was? I mean, would you say the best players that he ever coached was? Yeah, Joe Johnson. I mean, Horford, mm. Millsap. I, I mean, I'd uh, I'd say Millsap's a little better than Horford. I don't was a little better than Horford, but I don't. Right. I mean, they yeah. were they were a win by committee sort of team. But in my opinion, it is impossible for a for you to play quote unquote team basketball and win an NBA championship. Even the Spurs, who are the the sort of originators, the most famous example of good team fundamental basketball, right. had two, three superstars at one at yeah. any given time. Yeah. No, and actually that's a that's a good point because that is my other thing that the Bucks have to improve on if they really want to take the next step. Is too many times last year it just became one on one basketball. It would be, I mean, Giannis would have for would have the ball three straight possessions. Chris Middleton would come down an ISO step back jumper. Eric Bledsoe would drive to the rim, and it just there was not enough passing. There was, I mean, all the collective talent they have. Um, they're the most talented team in this division by far, but just the cohesiveness and um, there was just too much isolation basketball last year, and that just doesn't work. Especially, I mean, if you don't have guys like LeBron and Kyrie, um, you just got one, and that was too much of uh, a burden on Giannis. That's right. Um, well, let uh, let's move off the Bucks for a minute and talk about the Cavaliers. Who, <laughs> I, uh, at the beginning of this episode, I actually forgot they were in the division, <laughs> which, uh, I mean, sort of speaks to what what people are really expecting from them. But the Cavs shouldn't be. They're not going to be the worst team in the conference like they were before. They're not going to fall straight down to the bottom of the league like the last time LeBron left. Um, right. They have Kevin Love, obviously, um, and they they're, they sort of made their claim, we're going to try and be competitive in this weak, relatively weak Eastern Conference by yep. signing him up for years, what, four years? It was four years, $120 million. yeah. Right. And uh, I think it's really Dan Gilbert saying, hey, LeBron, you can leave, uh, but I can still put a competitive team together without you. I think that's uh, that's been his thing for years. So, um, I, I mean, I think you can make the case it's, it's a mistake to try to be good, though. Uh, I mean, they, they're oh, yeah. top, ten, top 10 protected pick. If it, if it falls in the, in the top 10, it goes to the Hawks. So, I mean, wait, no. If, it, if they're one of the 10 worst teams, they get to keep their pick. But if right. they're better, the Hawks get their pick. So, I mean, I think that's some incentive to tank. But obviously, Gilbert has uh, some other ideas. Right. And then you also have Colin Sexton, who was their top 10 pick this year, the eighth pick. Mm-hmm. And yep. I think that he is he is not I don't think he's ready to take this team straight to the top. I do no. think I do think that he has a very good shot at winning rookie of the year because right. he's one of those players that has um he reminds me of Marcus Smart not in his play style but in his intensity and his, right. his level of passion. Yep. Um I think the best comparison right away would be a less athletic, less consistent Russell Westbrook. Um, yeah, I think that's a good. I mean, Eric Bledsoe is one a name that some people threw around. Um, I can kind of see some of the resemblances there. Um, yeah, he's I mean, not their body types are much different, but he's not a great shooter yet. He's kind of short, no. but he's really good finisher around the rim, and he's just so intense. He gives a. It seems like he's giving one hundred fifty percent at all times. Um, yeah. and, it's hard to describe his competitiveness. I mean, until you've actually seen him, it. Uh, it's just an infectiousness, and uh, it's 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 hard not to root for him. Exactly, and that's why I think even if he isn't the best rookie right out of the gate, like uh, that'll probably be Aiton or Luka Doncic or right. Wendell Carter Jr. Even, yeah. um, 
I do think that he has the narrative going for him and trying to become the new star for that city. And with his intensity and his passion for the game, um, like everybody loved that clip. Who are, who are the, it was what, three on five against which team? When he was uh, playing for it was Bama? Minnesota. It was Minnesota. Right. Against Minnesota and, uh, when he had all, he, he just scored. Yep. He just tore him up. Yeah. And I think that will really push him towards rookie of the, uh, being a, at least a top three candidate for rookie of the year this season. You know, I think that's a great point because coming into the draft, really, I thought Shea Gilgis Alexander, I think he, I thought he was a better prospect. And I still, I still do long term. But I think you make a great point in talking about his competitiveness and how the city can kind of, kind of, I don't know, bond rally, around him in a way. Rally around him, him yeah. yep. And because uh, I don't know if you can do that with Gilgis Alexander. Um, he's not the same kind of player. Sexton, I mean, you made, I mean, the three on five um, really kind of has the, uh, he, he just has that I mean, mentality of, I'm going to put the city on my back. And uh, I think that's what the city really needs. So um, you make a good point. Yeah. And, uh, do you think he'll start at the beginning of the year? Yeah, I do. I think so. I mean, you've got George Hill there, but uh, maybe they move Hill to shooting guard. I, I just feel, you know, I, I don't know. Do you think they start Hill over them? I just, I can't see them benching them for that long. I just can't. Yeah, I think it'll be a, maybe a month, month and a half um, before they, they give him the reins. Uh, right. because Hill is not – it's not like George Hill's a bad player. No. He's 6'3". He's got an incredibly long wingspan. Yep. Um, he can shoot threes. He can shoot the, exactly. He shoots the ball, and he is a vet. He's still one of your one of your top veteran point guards in the league. Right. Um, that's not – it's not like a star or anything. So. But he did that as, with De'Aaron – no, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I was just going to yeah, say – Hill did that with De'Aaron Fox last year, and that was kind of a bit of a uh, kind of a rocky transition. And they would, went from Fox starting one game to Hill starting the other. And I mean, that was just the Kings coaching staff. So yeah. hopefully the Cavs uh, just kind of maybe ease Sexton into him and give him the reins over the second half of the year. Oh, yeah. That's speaking of coaching, um, do you guys, th- or guys, I'm so used to talking to multiple <laughs> people, but um, yeah. do you think that Ty Lu? Is is this is this like the year that or is this like his proving ground? Because all you've heard for the past few years, whenever something's going wrong, going wrong in Cleveland, it's the supporting cast, or Ty Lue's not a good coach, or Ty Lue doesn't have control over his players. Um, if you were him, what would your goal be this year? Would it because you could argue that they need to be competitive, but no one expects them to be great, right? Uh, I mean, really, for him, I think for him to shed the label that LeBron carried, I mean, he did carry this team, but that he's more than just a friend of LeBron. Uh, he, I think he, they just got to show him improvement. I mean, I don't think it's a win total they're going to reach. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, if they do, I don't think they'll be super competitive this year. I think really you just want to see improvement from guys like Sexton. You want to see improvement from Chetty Osman, Larry Nance, Ante Zizic, all those guys, and uh, really just that he has a plan. He has an offensive system that they're executing, and that the guys want to play for him. Right. This culture without LeBron, hopefully they can start to add more talent and build on that and uh, maybe get somewhere pretty fast. Right. Um, I totally agree that I don't think this is the year. This isn't a do-or-die year for Ty Lue. No. Um, but in the coming years, we'll have to see um, – in the coming seasons, we'll have to see if he can really prove himself as a coach because right. – no one re- he's really an unknown commodity at this moment as far yeah. as coaching goes. Yep. Um 
So let's go to predictions now for these teams' records. Uh, we'll say the best. Which team do you? We'll rank the teams, and then we'll say who we think will be the division MVP, so to speak. Okay. Also, we'll say I want to say which teams will make the playoffs. Right. Okay. Uh, I mean, do you want to start or should I? Uh, well, I- I'll go ahead. Um, okay. I'll roll with. The Pacers at number one. I think they will win the division. They will be the fourth okay. best team in the East. Oladipo is, uh, has emerged to be a superstar, and I think this year he can make the jump and be a top, make another jump, I should say, be a top yeah. 15 player. He's in the conversation for best two. He was in the conversation for the best two-way, two-way wing in the league this year or this past season. Without Kawhi, I, I mean, I, you can make a solid argument. He was the best. Yeah, he... Locked up on the perimeter, lots of steals, and he's scoring very efficiently now that he hits the three ball. Plus, Turner, they added Tyreek Evans. I, I don't yeah. see how any team uh, does better than them. Next up, I'd go Bucks. Right. They still have Giannis, who is somewhere between, what, fifth fifth and uh, fifth and eighth best player in the league. Yeah, I mean, he, he's only going to continue to get better. So, I mean, if you were to say uh, it, the Kawhi, whether you rank him high or low, or and Anthony Davis, some of those guys, but he's definitely up there. Right. Yeah, so, and if and to me, I just don't see any of the other three teams being better. Um, What we got? I mean, now, do you have any of the other three making the playoffs? I mean, Pistons, Bulls, Cavs? Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Cavs will sneak in at the eighth seed. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'd say, honestly, there's probably a better chance of them than the, the Pistons just because we haven't seen I, – I don't – I mean, I think that's totally fair. They've got love back, and uh, it, the East is just so – there's so many open spots. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it's just uh, – it's so wide open compared to the West. Exactly, I and I really feel that the Cavs will – that everyone on that Cavs roster has a chip on his shoulder. Yep. And that'll really motivate them to play hardcore basketball. Uh Kevin Love will I feel like get back to his old self a little bit. We'll see him working down low. I don't know how right. I mean the league has changed a lot even in the years since he's been that kind of guy. And the yeah. Timberwolves were never successful with him down low, but this supporting cast is still miles better than anything he had in the uh true, true. in Minnesota. Uh, last, I mean, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, do, do you agree with the the contract extension though? One hundred twenty million dollars for. I mean, he he just. I mean, Love has definitely his strength. I mean, he's so unique, and maybe he can get back to that Minnesota Kevin Love. But uh, I mean, just a, a non switchable big in today's NBA, it's just hard to build your team around him. So that's just that's just kind of my worry um, with this team. Yeah, he's not the the thing with Love is that if you're going to be competitive. There's someone I th- I think there was someone out there who would have been willing to willing to take a chance and pay in the max. So you have to lock him up. Um, right. After that, you have Detroit and Chicago. Chicago will be better than Detroit this year, um, assuming they can find a way to fit Jabari Parker, Markinen, and Carter together in that right. starting lineup. They have so much offense and. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of defense um, from, I mean, it's, from it's, yeah, no, keep going. Yeah. From two to four uh, from, from Levine up to marketing. They are really, really lacking in that department. Um, yeah. Maybe would you experiment with bringing one of the young guys off the bench? In Chicago? Yeah. 
I I mean to be honest, I think I would. I okay, so Jabari, I don't know how Jabari Parker's never handled he did not like coming off the bench last year in Milwaukee. He publicly complained about it. He that was not his favorite role. He made that very clear to the media. However, uh, starting him, Levine, and Markinen together just puts so much pressure on Chris Dunn and Wendell Carter, two young guys. I mean, Carter's a rookie uh, to defend at a high level, and uh, it, it's just hard. I would bring him off the bench. I, I honestly think if he will buy into that role, just like I mean, we, we're talking about with Carmelo in Houston and what that's what's going to happen there. Um, if he can buy into that role, I mean, he has all the talent offensively. I mean, he can average 20 a game. He did it two years ago. Um, I mean, or three years ago? Three years ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I would try bringing off the bench. Um, I just don't know if he's going to accept it. So that's, uh, that, that, that's my take. Yeah. So I guess considering the, the, it being pretty unlikely that Parker will really accept his role coming off the bench for this right. team, I would be pretty comfortable saying that the Pistons will be above them. You made a really good argument there, Senate. Um, so who who do you have as your – what order would you give? Anything different? Any uh, – and, and the MVP pick. I'm, I pick Oladipo because I think the Pacers would be a lot better than the Bucks. But right. uh, there I, – I, I definitely hear arguments for Giannis. So which way would you go? I, I mean, I honestly went back and forth, but who, who to put first? I actually am a big, I actually enjoy watching the pace. I think Tyreek Evans is a really underrated addition. Um, I think he's really good. He was really good last year, and uh, he'll, he'll take a lot of pressure off Hold the Depot. I think you go either way. I really do. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if either team wins the division. I just put Bucks first uh, just because they're my team, but uh, I honestly think the Pacers have a definitely good shot of that. And then for MVP, um, I just think uh, if, if Giannis gets any more help, um, I just, I, I, he's going to be so incredible. I think it's only a, a matter of time before he wins league MVP. Uh, so, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens this year. If Budenholzer can get some more wins out of this team. So, uh, I mean, I love Old Depot too. Um, they're they're two really good candidates. I uh, just it's hard to root against Giannis, and that's kind of why I side with the Bucks in uh, determining the records. Right. Um, well, last thing, last thing I want to say really quickly is that Kevin Love, if the Cavs do make the playoffs if Kevin Love averages let's say 22 and and 12 because he's still a great rebounder 22 24 and 12 along with Sexton um bringing a lot of attention to that team look for I mean there's no official division MVP but I I think he would he would really be able to earn my nod if he can keep those he can keep the Cavs competitive yeah yep yeah. yeah, and that would be that would be something to behold. I mean, imagine what he would be, uh, what a presence he'd be in the city of Cleveland as uh, sort of the, the the savior of the basketball. I mean, after LeBron left, and uh, that that would be a cool story. Yeah, he's especially after so many years of being a scapegoat. Him and him and Tyloo both. Yeah. Well, um, really glad to have you on, Senate. You're great to yeah. talk to about basketball Thanks anytime. Man. Um, so. Uh, thank you all for listening to this this episode, the Central Division preview. This is going to be the first of six episodes about the about the divisions in the NBA and how we think they'll all shake out over this year and the coming years. Um, we'll try and release one a week going forward because there are six weeks until the NBA season starts. Um, and with that being said, I'm going to sign off. Later. <laughs>